Podcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boy. Hello, and welcome back to the Tag Digital Squadcast. Hello. Hey, how are you, Jamie? Yeah, I'm very well. We've got a guest today. Woo woo! I sounded not very enthusiastic there, did I? Sorry. You? Oh, I was thinking I sounded quite enthusiastic. No, you did. I'm very well, thank I'm you. I'm really excited about our guest today. Me too. So today we have our colleague, team member, good pal. Boss. I'm trying to think of <laughs> Yeah, your boss. <laughs> yeah, we have Ashley joining us today. Hello, Ashley. Hello. And you are head of paid media, am I right? That's correct, that's me. She's one of the big dogs. <laughs> Not at all. Are you looking forward to it, Jamie? Yes, very much so. He's very nervous because it's his boss. No, no, no. It's just been a just while since I've done a podcast. I know, a bit rusty around yeah. the edges. I've been off on annual leave and doing lots of nice things. So. Yes. Do you want to tell us? What I've been doing? Yeah. Well, I, was at, I was at Wimbledon. I was at the Open Golf Championship. I then, was, I then was sick, which was fun. Oh, right. We did Tough Mudder as well. So oh, yeah, you've actually been doing loads. I'm doing lots. And now I have no annual leave, so, okay, so many podcasts it. to come, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, you both have much more experience than me with podcasts, so... Well, here we are, you know, learning as we go. Um, so, today, we have to start with the usual, which Ashley isn't aware of, quickfire. Oh, Okay. Are you prepared? No. No. That's the right answer. Okay. So, quick fire. You wouldn't think you had to explain this to people, but you know, more times than not, people don't do quick fire. They do slow fire. Yeah. So, you've just got it. First thing that comes to your head, I'm going to give you two options. You've got to just go for it. Okay? Okay. I know your answers probably to these, to be honest. But anyway, ready? iOS or Android? Android. You hesitated there. Sorry, I was not expecting that question. All right, okay, fire. but I know that you like your Android. Is that yeah. not? My Google that is, yeah. Google phone, Google Gal. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Do you, oh, you have a Google phone. <laughs> yeah, the Magic Eraser is good. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's a very cool feature. Yeah, you can take photos and then <gasps> you can then erase people from the background. That's exactly what I needed. I took a photo recently and this woman was right in my way. Yeah. I did one at Wimbledon, I'll show you after, it's really good. Where did you take the photo? Right outside centre court and then there was like lots of people and then I just That's erased really everyone. That's really interesting you say that because this is exactly where I was thinking. It was in the order of play section yeah, actually, yeah. there was a lady covering the board. Yeah. So I'm not sure I could get rid of her though. Can I send it to you and then you edit it? Maybe, I don't know. Okay. Let's find out. Okay, anyway, this is not quick fire, sorry. Okay, next one. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Winter or summer? Summer. Office or work from home? Office. Mm. You, didn't kind of a you didn't have to yeah, say okay. that. Yeah, yeah. I like both. Yeah, okay. But right now I'm like in the office. Yeah. I'm an office boy. Yeah, I am too, but not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate or sweets? Chocolate. Swim or run? Neither. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Swim, probably, if I had to. Mm-hmm. You got into my head. Who is it we had on the podcast and they were like, oh, run, swim? That was Matt. Matt. One of our clients, yeah. yeah. He loves he loves them both. So do you, Steph? 
Yeah, I do. I actually went for a swim this morning and the pool was shut. Yeah. So, you, so you didn't go for a swim? No. You know when you get your heart set on something? I actually walked out to go in the pool and it was empty and I thought, this is amazing. And the guy said, sorry, it's shut. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, final one. Bath or shower? Shower. Fair enough. I think I agree. Bath, sir. I always make them too hot. Yeah, I normally get in last about 30 seconds and that's it. Yeah. Seems a waste. Yeah, a lot of water. Don't say that to Johnny. Yeah, no, Johnny man loves lo- Man loves a bath. Yeah. Um, so, unpopular opinion, Ashley. What would you say your unpopular opinion is? Um, we might have to come back to this one. Yeah, this is a hard question. That is a hard question. And that came out of nowhere, actually, because that isn't part of the quick fire. But here we are. Have a think of your unpopular opinion. And we're freestyling today, so great. Yeah, come back to me. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. So we've got Ashley here today joining us to chat a little bit about the campaigns that she's been working on. Um, and Jamie, to be fair, you'll be able to contribute to this, hopefully, um, using I'd, your expertise. I'd like to think so, yeah. <laughs> I would hope so. You've got to impress your boss, remember? Gosh. <laughs> I would have forgotten that, so. Um, okay, so today I wanted to ch- chat a little bit about something that I've heard a bit about recently, actually. Um, and that's LinkedIn profile targeting across Microsoft ads. Mm, yeah. Is that something that you have been using recently? Yeah, that's something we have been using recently as a team. It's a really cool feature within Microsoft ads that allows you to target the LinkedIn um, profiles. So audiences based off of the LinkedIn profiles while on Microsoft ads. So you can target the companies, um, job titles and things like that, which is a really unique feature available within Microsoft. That's cool. I feel like people don't talk much about Microsoft ads. Is that a platform that we use regularly? Yeah, yeah, I'd say we're using it a lot more regularly now. It's something I think we're trying to push um, more of just because we can see that there's more investment in that area from Microsoft. I think they're really trying to push it. Things like the LinkedIn profile targeting, which we'll go into in a bit more detail, are kind of really pushing it forward. It's kind of getting our clients, it's kind of pricking our clients' ears up a wee bit and they're kind of keen to explore it. So obviously it doesn't have as wide a reach as Google, but there's certain kind of key ones you can get. It could be kind of really niche industries that really love to use Bing or Microsoft. Um, yeah we we are using it a lot more frequently now i would say and just to clarify you can't use linkedin profile targeting across google ads no um so i think it's based off the back of microsoft kind of have quite a a large stake in linkedin now so that's why they have that kind of agreement that you can share that data one thing that's probably important to say about the linkedin profile targeting is that you can't actually directly target those users um, on LinkedIn, you just... Sorry, Alex is taking a picture of us right now, so that's why <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Oh, um, we just need content for social to share. Okay, well, that's nice. Oh, what was I going to say? You're not even in the picture, Jamie. I know. So. That. <laughs> I'll just chat away then. So, yeah, basically you can't target these LinkedIn profiles directly. You can only use them as, like, bid modifications and things like that, if I'm correct in saying that, actually. But yes. Yes, you can't basically say, I want to target people with this job title and only show ads to them. You can only 
use that data to enhance your bids. So I want to bid more for people, for example, that have these job titles. Yeah, it's like layering. It works. Yeah. It works. It's like layering. Um, yeah, I think the kind of key takeaway for Microsoft Ads is thinking about like the demographics that are on that platform. So we find it really successful for like healthcare or like um, schools and education because quite a lot of schools use um, Bing on their um, computers and things like that. So um, it's just thinking about the the right um, industry to use um, Microsoft Ads for. Yeah, it also used to kind of be predominantly if you wanted to target an older demographic as well, yeah, like yeah. people who have maybe bought a laptop and haven't really bothered to change their browser, because obviously a lot of kind of Windows computers default to Bing or Microsoft, as we should say now. Um, so if you wanted to target like people who are slightly older um, for, for quite a cheap price, you can do it across Microsoft. So also you guys mentioned Bing, just for people who don't know. It used to be Bing Ads, didn't it? Yeah. Yep, so it's now Microsoft Ads. Yeah, we still probably call it Bing all the time, and most people still call it Bing, but it, I try and force myself to call it Microsoft Advertising. Yeah, fair enough. Something else cool to mention is that Microsoft Ads is now the preferred um, ads for um, Netflix, so that's a cool thing that we should be expecting in the future is a good opportunity to reach those subscribers. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, it's hot off the press, isn't it? Yeah. That news. Oh, is that is that brand new news? Yeah. Brand new information. Oh, very good. Cool. You heard it here first on the Tide Digital Squadcast. Yeah. Great. Probably not. So, talking about LinkedIn profile targeting, we don't need to do run ads across LinkedIn as well as doing this targeting across Microsoft ads. No, you don't need to, but it's something that we've actually been doing as a sort of strategy is looking at campaigns that are performing well on LinkedIn, audiences that are performing well on existing campaigns and kind of transferring them across to Microsoft as a kind of easy, easy in um, is what we've been doing as a strategy. But you can do it from the start point with no data and test and see what works and optimise as normal based on that. That's exciting. How many campaigns do you reckon we're, we're running across Microsoft ads at the moment? A lot less than across Google. Yeah, that's for sure. quite yeah. a lot less. Um, it kind of comes down to a couple of things that Ash pointed on. So, one, if the industry is right, then we will use it. But then also, comes down to budget as well. So, if there's a lot of budget to use, we want to be across as many platforms and trial as many things as possible. So, if the budget allows it, we will obviously try and use Microsoft Ads. But if we are limited by budget slightly or there's a slightly smaller budget and we know that Google Ads is going to perform, we'll funnel all the money for the search activity there, I would say. Would you say it's an expensive platform? No, it's a lot cheaper by comparison. Um, just because it's a lot less competitive, there's a lot less users on there. Um, and obviously Google controls the majority of the search market anyway. So obviously Microsoft can't exactly charge a premium price for something that has a lot less reach so it's really affordable um, but obviously you need to take into consideration it doesn't reach as many users Yeah, so something we sometimes struggle with is the volume um, so if something's working well we want to obviously increase that but it can be difficult to do so without going a little bit broader in your net so um, that's a challenge probably with Microsoft Ads is the volume that you get but um, it's just again kind of comes back to your 
the right demographic being there, the right kind of targeting. Um, and then, yeah, like Jamie mentioned, it's worthwhile noting that, yeah, we'd recommend like a minimum budget um, to to use Microsoft Ads. Okay, cool. Makes sense. So if we think a little bit more about Google now, is there anything that you you guys have been doing recently that's worked for your campaigns? I mean, a lot of things. Top, let's say top three things at the moment, maybe that you've been, that have been good. I would say top three things that we've been doing more often that are working and they're quite new are um, Performance Max campaigns, which is kind of the buzz around the kind of industry just now. It's um, that allows you to focus or it's a lot more machine learning focused. Um, so yeah, that's number one. The is second that, sorry, has sorry, that just yeah. been introduced then, Performance Max? It's, it's fairly new. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been around for a while now, I think. When it initially was released, I tried it. Like I was probably one of the first people on the team to try it, and I went, "Don't do it," because it didn't. It was just brand new, and it really didn't work um, very well the first time I tried it, which put me off a little. But then, as we know, working with Google for all this time, you need to keep trying these things because they they're not idiots. You know what I mean? They have a good idea as what's going to work well, and they wouldn't release something like this if they didn't have confidence in it. So we did give it another chance, and it. I mean, it, it really does drive really good results now. Um, probably a bit of background on it. It's basically one all-encompassing campaign where you feed your kind of video assets, your display assets, and your kind of text assets all into kind of one area. You set an audience criteria um, and basically feed that to Google and Google Ads uses it to uses those signals to then show kind of dynamic ads, um, basically curates your kind of ad copy for you and your campaigns for you to then kind of plug gaps I guess in between what you currently have running across search and display uh, video etc and kind of finds new opportunities for you to to then explore and reach and kind of basically reach a whole new batch of users you're perhaps not reaching at the moment if that makes sense. Okay so you kind of set the performance max campaigns live and then Google kind of does a lot of the work for you, but then have you still got to optimise within that? Or do you kind of just keep an eye on it, see how it's performing, and what kind of changes do you make? I think what's good about Performance Max is that you essentially input your audience criteria, and Google will reach them no matter where they are. So if they're on YouTube at the time, or if they're searching, or if they're on the display network, they'll hit them. So something that we've learned as um, digital marketers over the years is that there's so many touch points before a user will be ready to convert no matter what that conversion looks like for your business so for us obviously that's usually like a delegate registration or a ticket purchase or a, a free ticket registration or expo or whatever that might be but there's a lot of different touch points before they get to that stage so the performance max campaigns work really well and just reaching them no matter where they are and kind of driving home that message and making sure that they're not missed so it's almost like, I think back um, a few years ago, being number one on search was the kind of key thing that you always wanted to be, whereas now it's maybe a little bit more about being where your audience are and being kind of everywhere. Um, so the performance match really allows you to do that, which is a great, a great asset. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good option as well, obviously. If you've got video assets and display assets and text assets, obviously, is a kind of given but you maybe don't have the budget to run individual YouTube campaigns, display campaigns and remarketing campaigns. 
you want to give it a go, it's probably a good way to cover all those bases without stretching your daily budgets too thin. You can obviously we would like to run individual campaigns alongside it, but um, sorry, the phone's going in the background, but we roll with it. Um, I would probably suggest if you're limited by budget and want to try it and you have all the assets available, then it's probably a good option, perhaps. Don't yeah. know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think it's one that we're definitely still trying more of. Um, but we've seen really good results from Visitor Ridge. Um, and there's like loads of new things being updated as well in terms of the reporting and the insights that we can see and learn from and optimise. Um, things like negative keywords are now uh, being rolled out that we can apply, which is great. Um, allowing us to kind of organise our structure with um, top of the funnel and bottom of the funnel in mind so lots of new things happening there yeah i think just help. giving a bit of trust across to google is the key element to it so obviously we were a bit hesitant at start but i really like them now i think that's really still a interesting lot of what you're saying as well about obviously the different touch points i hadn't hadn't quite realized that performance max covered all of google's Google's platforms, is that what they're called? Yeah. So YouTube, what were the other ones that you'd mentioned? Uh, so the Google Display Network, so that's yeah. like your remarketing or like just displays new, new um, audiences and then search. Yeah, I remember when I first started at TAG, we, a lot of clients would say exactly what you were just saying before there, Ashley, about getting to the top of the Google search list. I think when we say we run ads across Google, people often kind of the first thing they think of is search but yeah. actually it's really important now to think about all the different touch points as well yeah i think being top obviously it's still important to people but when you kind of now explain to clients like being top for every single search for that term isn't necessarily the best thing you want the bidding strategies that we use now are so advanced that you want to show ads to people who are more likely to convert so the fact that you're not top every time a search is put into Google isn't necessarily a bad thing because if you're top when you need to be top, that's more important. So, yeah, I just like how things have advanced in that area, personally. It's kind of crazy, actually. Even over the last couple of years, I think things have just totally skyrocketed. There's just so much happening, isn't there? And that's the thing I think people find difficult. This is why I think the podcast... I like doing the podcast because it's we've got so many updates and new things to tell people about and stuff like that. So a lot of people don't wouldn't have a clue about Performance Max. So it, it's great we've got you guys today to uh, tell us a bit more about that and how how our clients yeah. or how people can utilise Performance Max across across their campaigns. So yeah. that's great. I think we covered it in a podcast maybe like months ago when it just was released and. I bet you said you hated it at that I point. I didn't then. say I hated it, but I said honestly, don't know that much about it right now. I think, but we'll have to look listen at back to now. that podcast. Yeah, I know. Well, it's quite interesting, just how even just between now and then, how far it's come, and like the insights you get from it are a lot more insightful um, and things like that. So, yeah, would recommend. It's also interesting what you were saying as well about the fact that you hated it to start with, but it's just definitely worth giving yeah. things another shot. I think. That kind of reminded me of potentially some of our clients' attitudes at times. Maybe if something doesn't doesn't quite work, if we've tested it out to start with, they're kind of like, right, that's it, not doing it again. Yeah, I think, I mean, I shall probably agree with this, is like probably more from a, you'll get this more from the people who work on Google Ads where we're quite resistant to change at times. Just maybe it was because we've been doing it for a bit longer, but 
it, the platform's changed a lot since even in the last like five years, I guess. So um, handing a lot more control over to the robots is always a bit hard, but yeah. always good. I think as long as we do things in like measured and controlled ways, um, it's all going to be good. Yeah, I think the the thing when we got all these kind of automated strategies in and, and things like that, there was a bit of resistance, but when you actually look at the benefits of them, so they give you back more time to then give insightful data to the clients or really dig into things that you maybe weren't able to dig into because you were constantly manually managing bids, things like that. The more you open yourself up to the automation of things and like machine learning, I think it's definitely the way to kind of take, basically take what Google are giving you, look at the b benefits and basically try and use it to your advantage, I would say. Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Okay, so sorry, Ashley, I know you were about to say point two earlier, but I thought Performance Max will just chat about that then and then we'll move on to your... Yeah, other points that you have, if you can still remember. Yeah, sure. So the second one that I thought would be worth mentioning was image extensions. So I'll give a wee bit more detail since I didn't do that the last time learning already. Um, so those are um, essentially images that appear alongside the text ads on the search engine results page. Um, they can be really effective at kind of getting across your message, which you can't really in text. Um, so things like um, perhaps a speaker or... Um, the exhibition floor, those things um, can really kind of generate good good content on the search engine results page and on average we're seeing an increase of click-through rate by 12% which is um, really great so something we're, we're rolling out across the full campaigns, it's also something so Google used to have the best practice with their ad extensions to be three it's now four so that's the one that we're really keen to push across the board is that something then that's just been introduced or is this something we've just kind of it's realised is, is actually a It's something that's um, probably been around for about a year, if I'm guessing how long it's been out for. We've been, we have been using it for a long time, but it's something that we're pushing a lot more and we're starting to see. So when Google introduced things as betas, you don't see them as often on the results page. You're kind of testing out to see how it looks and actually image extensions did exist um, years back um, and then they didn't kind of they were kind of phased out again but they're back um, I think with this probably off the success of like the shopping ads that appear really really strong at the top of your search results page they're kind of mimicking that a little bit um, but yeah it's something we have been using but it's something we're just yeah really seeing the benefit of in terms of click through rate um, which is what we want we want people to get to the site and yeah I think they're predominantly used on or only used on mobile aren't they so they're on desktop as they're well. on desktop as well but predominantly I mean if you can imagine an image appearing alongside a search result on your Google on your on the Google results on your phone that's going to take up a lot a large chunk of your screen compared to maybe no image there'll be a couple of results there so again it's just a kind of it makes sense does to have an image there of probably will touch on it actually but the there are a few like best practices as well and kind of things that you aren't allowed to do within your image extension so the main one being that you're not allowed any text overlay on your image extension so it has to be kind of just like in a kind of basic image maybe like, like i actually said like a speaker that's going to be at your event or kind of live event imagery things like that so can't be 
putting hun hundreds of texts or even logos or anything like that that have text in them. You can't you can't use those. Is that they actually get disallowed? So yeah, actually not allowed. Okay, fair enough. So like a busy show floor or something. Yes, things like that we know work really well. Speakers. Um, one of our favourites that Ash uses all the time, for example, has SpongeBob SquarePants in it. But um, hmm. I should probably say it, it's it's like a branding conference for people uh, okay. that work in brands. I so actually can't think of that. I, I know exactly yeah. which one so you mean. So it's just a guy wandering the show, the show floor dressed as SpongeBob SquarePants. Makes you look, hey? Yeah. Catching, yeah. Always stays in my head, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like a good one. If you have a SpongeBob SquarePants, then make sure to get it on that image extension. Cool, okay. And last but not least, because we're, we're almost running out of time, so what else would you say has been working for your campaigns recently? Well, the last one is not really... It's a little bit different. It's more to do with measurement. So I was going to talk about enhanced conversions, which is kind of the new way of tracking conversions going forward. There are some restrictions um, with setup, so it depends what kind of reg platform you're using or how you're tracking your conversion measurements. But essentially, it's um, the, the latest feature in place to cap with the, the new data laws. Um, so one worth kind of being aware of and that we'll be kind of pushing out in this quarter going forward, yeah. Okay, so have we, have we kind of introduced this in quite a lot of our campaigns then? We have started to. We've now um, produced a kind of how-to document and we're kind of more educated on how it works and mm -hmm. sharing that with clients because that's important with how we're measuring conversions and how we're measuring success versus how our clients are measuring. So that needs to be aligned first before we just apply it. Um, so that's a kind of education piece that we'll be sharing with the, our, all our clients. And yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds interesting. Um, and something that I suppose... A lot of our clients probably won't be aware of, to be honest. So um, that that'll be a useful resource that we can share with with clients or yeah. anyone who anyone who's interested, who's listening. Um, okay, cool. So I think that's us kind of running out of time. Unfortunately, we could have chatted forever, mainly about performance max. Um, and it was great to hear your insights and everything, Ashley. And thanks, Jamie, for joining us. We still haven't heard Ashley's. Un oh, unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. I'm not letting oh her get away no. with it. What's yours, Jamie? Oh. I don't have one. <laughs> um, mine is, I'll tell you then, I don't like Game of Thrones. Oh. Disappointed. Yeah, so. Well, have you also not seen Harry Potter? Sorry to shame you like this. <laughs> Have we not even spoken about this previously? I don't think we've actually Come mentioned on, this in the Steph. podcast, but <laughs> I've seen one, okay. What one? The first one? Mm -hmm. yeah. So in year seven. Yeah, it's quite a kid's film. Can't remember one. it. Yeah. All I remember is my friend ate too much ice cream and wasn't very well. Actually, I think that's because they put pepper on their ice cream. Mm. That's weird. Yeah. Um, okay, I've thought my unpopular Okay. Um, I don't like the TV. Just at all yeah TV so shows. in theory you don't like game of thrones either well that was a, I, I do like game of thrones and i've never and i i've never seen harry potter but ashley's do you mean like me do you that. mean like tv as Probably. in like live tv yeah so you like netflix yeah and things like occasionally that. but only if it's like a really good show like yeah i fully agree with you stranger things i don't watch tv either but other than like i'm not watching anything just now I just not even Love Island. She's just too busy with Google and Microsoft ads. <laughs> Love Island, yes. I just say, uh, yeah, I really just like get, reading. You've got too much time to be looking at 
latest Google Ad updates. Yeah. So. <laughs> But you love reading. That's amazing. That's I'm impressed. I just find TV. I don't know if it's my age now, but it's very boring most of the time. Yeah, I, I, agree. I like like Netflix and things like that. I mean, uh, yeah, like I love Stranger Things. Like that's obviously. So I, I do watch TV. Yeah, I'm yeah. not like a weird person like that. I don't tend to watch live TV. I've been roped into Love Island by my wife, but <laughs> I secretly really like it. So yeah, it's an easy watch. I watch it while I'm tidying around. But anyway, okay, so that is kind of an unpopular opinion. So I think I'm in for the next one. Okay, you can tell us the next time. Okay. Um, so thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Listen to the Squadcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.